Yo, yo, Jagak is the one. Yo, yo, Tuesday AM. Yo, yo. <laughs> Tuesday AM? Yeah. That was good. Is that Tuesday? Yes. Yeah. You yo, go, girl. Yo, Jagak is the one. Yo, yo, Tuesday AM. Yo, 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 Jagak. In this episode, I'm going to talk about my good buddy, anxiety. A mental health issue that I have struggled with for a large portion of my life and one that has been on my mind a lot lately. Over the last eight months or so, I've been actively trying to understand and reduce it. And I actually think a lot of my efforts are paying off. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you a bit about what anxiety feels like for me and probably for a lot of other people. And then I'm going to talk you through identifying your own anxiety and share some tips on how to manage it. If you're suffering from anxiety, and 40 million of us are, this is for you. So, as you may well know, I have been struggling with anxiety, suffering from anxiety, dealing with anxiety, however you want to say it, really. I've had anxiety for a long time. It really started to get pronounced when I got to college. It got further exacerbated in my 20s, um, my 30s, you know, then getting into business, um, dealing with uh, a marriage that was great, and then was okay. Nobody's fault. Not laying blame. Just was. Everybody's fault. Excuse me. Everybody's fault. (laughs) Not just one person's fault. And then actually, like, I feel like even within the last couple of years, I've, it's almost been a way to commune with people because so many of us suffer. Oh, by the way, if this is the first episode that you're ever listening to because you saw something about managing anxiety and you're like, I need to do that, then hi, I'm Jen Gotch and I have anxiety. Here's what I want to tell you. Here's what spurred on this episode. I think I'm getting better at managing it and I wanted to just share some of the things I've been doing. So I won't be like diving into the ins and outs of anxiety and like the physiological stuff. Maybe I will someday. It's a bit clinical for my taste. And so I, so, you know, I'd rather just keep this tethered to my experience and, and and what's been happening. So that's what I wanted to tell you about because I, I went, okay, well, why don't I just tell you? So I went on vacation. Uh, by the time this comes out, it probably will have been a few weeks ago, maybe even longer. And I had my normal, I'm at the airport, travel anxiety. But it was not as bad because I wore my power color, head to toe yellow. And also Sterling K. Brown from This Is Us noticed me and complimented me on my outfit, which obviously alleviated most of the anxiety because I love him. Or at least I love his work. I don't know him personally, so that would, that might be a stretch. <laughs> Off topic. Back on the topic. But then I got home and 
I just really didn't feel any anxiety. Now, listen, I was in a very relaxed state and I was very clear about the fact that I wasn't going to be working um, like day-to-day stuff for Bando, which is new for me. I usually build in time to all vacations to at least like kind of check email and do a little work just so that there's not like a mountain of work when I got home. But I felt like it was all manageable. So I was just like, I'm not going to do it. I did a little bit for the podcast, not that much. I wrote a little bit for the book. It was all like, it was all relatively, you know, it, none, it was different than what I had ever done. Let's just put it that way. So, and then obviously there's lots of napping, there's lots of pool time, there's beach time, there's swimming. And then I went down to the Keys for a few days and was like, I'm not going to do any social media. I'm not going to text or take pictures or like really just like be on a device, which I talked about in the social media episode. So I won't go into details, but I got back from vacation and I was like, I think I fucking cured my anxiety. <laughs> it makes me laugh to say it now because it's so fucking unrealistic. But I am definitely the type of person that thinks that, um, like, that I'm not above magic or miracles, which maybe I'm not. But um, so far, it, they haven't fully panned out. But I was like, I I was t- I was talking to. Um, to the producers of this podcast, actually. And I was like, I, I feel like the anxiety might be gone. I'm ready to, I'm ready to record the episode of how I cured my anxiety. And they were like, great. And, um, and then I got on a conference call after that call about Bando and some partnerships and business and, and, uh, and I immediately had an anxiety attack. So, I am not cured. That's why this is about managing anxiety, not curing it. But I have worked incredibly diligently, I would say, over the last eight months to find ways to manage it. And so I wanted to talk to you about those because I, if I don't share what I learned, well, I wouldn't be me. All righty. Now I'm going to share how I started to really empower myself to take control over my anxiety and then share how I think you can do the same. I'll ask you to challenge yourself a little bit by really being honest about your own anxiety and how you might inadvertently be contributing to it. Let's face our anxiety head on. Come on, it'll be fun. (laughs) So at the beginning of the journey, I did two things and the journey I'm talking about is not the journey on vacation. It was the journey of like committing to really trying to deal with this anxiety and not just decide like I'm going to have anxiety. So many people have anxiety. It's, you know, it's normal and it, it, it is being normalized and I, and, and that's good because talking about it is the first step to, to dealing with it. And I don't know if I'll ever not have it, but I, but I want, I guess I was just like, I don't want to give myself the excuse that just because everybody has it, like it, it's just a normal thing and I can bond with people over it, which I do, but it just was causing me a lot of pain. Um, and it's an inconvenience and it takes up a lot of time. And so I was feeling the effects of all of that. And so something that I realized 
at the inception of that, and I had probably even realized it a bit earlier, was with anxiety, you know, it's so much, so much of it is like a physical reaction. So, you know, for me, that's like a tightness in my chest and I feel like tingly in my fingertips and I become initially become aware of my breath. Then I feel like my breath is like controlling me and I'm not controlling it. And, you know, and then the next thing you're crying and you're (sighs) sex breath. Um, but that was, that was, that was an anxiety attack. (laughs) That wasn't sex breath. So what I realized was happening is that the moment I would have the first sort of tightness in my chest, like I kind of was agreeing to agreeing with myself and my body to have the anxiety attack and subsequently simultaneously, damn it, will I ever get there? Simultaneously, my brain, you know, is like, so my body is telling my brain, you're, ha- you're about to have an anxiety attack. My brain's telling my body, you're about to have an anxiety attack. And they were kind of working together to, to escalate it. And then I was coming in there and being like, yes, let's have this. It was almost like a sneeze. And you know how hard it is to hold a sneeze. You might pee your pants or something. So I just went, you know, I walked into it mentally. And and I don't know what happened, but one day I was like, I, you could walk away from this. Like, just because you you realize you're going to have an anxiety attack doesn't necessarily mean you have to have it. And And that helped. Just being aware that I had a choice was very empowering. So first things first, you have a choice. Um, And that's hard to hear because it does not feel like you do. So I'm sorry if that feels uncomfortable, but please at least entertain that thought. And if you really feel like you absolutely have no choice, then like, then there is serious work to be done. And again, that doesn't mean that you're not going to have another anxiety attack. It doesn't mean that I didn't have a thousand anxiety attacks since I knew that I had that choice. But it, it has, it's probably, I've probably avoided a thousand too. So, so there's that. Anxiety triggers. We all have them. And I feel like in today's very modern world, there are new triggers popping up all the time. Let's work to identify yours so that it'll be easier to gain some control over your own anxiety. Okay, here we go. You know, then I kind of was, was like, okay, let me understand why I'm having anxiety. You know, let, let's, let's look at the causes for, for me. Now, my causes are going to be different than your causes. And some of them might be the same. And maybe we have the exact same causes, which if we do, hit me up because maybe we could become great friends. And I thought about the situational causes, um, emotional causes, and physical causes. So like, am I drinking too much caffeine? Am I putting other things into my body, you know, drinking too much alcohol or doing anything that's like making my system feel unsettled? Am I 
sleeping okay? Am I exercising? You know, it's like, it, I've talked about this in other episodes. So it's like really just checking in and getting real about, you know, the things that I was depending on to as coping mechanisms for other things and, and what of those could be exacerbating and, and causing that. And then on the other end, you know, emotionally, what was happening and obviously, um, still sort of going, getting through my divorce, which now it's been a couple of years since Andrew left, but, but, you know, eight months ago, I was still really, you know, dealing with that, building new relationships and, you know, friendships, say relationships sounds like I had a, sounds like I had a bunch of dates, but I'm talking about relationships with women, (laughs) work, you know, overworking, stressing, creating stress, engaging with stress. Um, and then, um, you know, vulnerability causes a lot of anxiety and I have done a lot to be vulnerable that I'm comfortable with. And then I think I was starting to do some things that I unknowingly was uncomfortable with. And so, I had to identify those things too. So like take a minute, take 12 minutes, but don't take 13 because 13 is an unlucky number unless you're Taylor Swift, in which case I think that's her lucky number. But what do I know? She only helped keep my business afloat for three years. Thank you. You know, I start to have thoughts like that and I say to myself, just stay on track because if you if you let yourself get six thoughts away from your original thought, you're not going to remember what you're talking about and then that's going to be annoying for everyone and I still can't do it. <laughs> Anyways, take take however many minutes you need and like categorize them or, or don't just brain bleed it out. Just like whatever it is that could be causing your anxiety, just in your, in your body and in your experience and in your situations and your day-to-day stuff. And then I think like there's the deeper kind of emotional stuff that can cause specific anxiety. Like I'm talking right now more about generalized anxiety where it's just like coming out of nowhere or, I'm so hypersensitive when it comes to anxiety that it can be triggered by something that's very minute. So this maybe is less about, you know, travel anxiety or um, fear of flying or, you know, whatever specific uh, or being in a parking garage or a murderous stairwell. It's less about that. Not to say that this can't be applied, but I'm just talking about like if you're one of those people that's just like, I have anxiety, I get anxiety attacks. Um, I think it's really helpful to look at what, what those are. And then I, the last thing is looking at like specific triggers. So noticing if there's something every time someone says the word, fuck, I can't think of a cool example. I just keep thinking of the word balloon, but I can't imagine. I know that popping balloons is really triggering for a lot of people, but I don't know. Maybe there's like a word or a person or a smell or a building you drive by every day on the way to work that's actually 
like activating a thought in your mind that's activating an emotion that's activating a physical reaction. And we've talked about triggers a little bit before too, but you know, awareness, which, you know, I love to talk about self-awareness, but like awareness and mindfulness and like paying attention to those things is so huge. And it's, and it's amazing to me how many people just go through their day being triggered and not knowing about it. So just give, take a week and pay attention, you know, and, and journal it and like, like collect some data on yourself so that you can start to come to your own conclusions and start setting yourself up for success to be able to manage your anxiety and, and reduce it. All right, the moment we have all been waiting for. All of my reading, thinking, therapy, journaling, all of it has now culminated in this moment where I share with you a bunch of actions I've taken and behaviors I've implemented that have really worked well to manage my anxiety. If you're anxious, this will be a treasure trove for you. Feel free to implement any of these into your day-to-day life. And by all means, if you find something that works, please share it with me. You can email me at jgok at bando.com, jagok, or hit me up on Instagram. I'm at Jen Gotch, or just stop me in the street. I love to talk to strangers. Okay, let's tackle this anxiety jerk off together. Okay, so these are all um, things that things that I've done. So, you know, physical so I started taking care of, of, I started taking better care of myself, which means being mindful about what I eat and drink when I eat and drink it. That doesn't mean that I've been on a strict diet for eight months because I haven't. I was on kind of a strict diet initially just to kind of clear some things up. But I know that if like I'm going to go drink or if, or if I'm going to eat too much sugar or whatever, that I might be setting myself up for, for some 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 sort of emotional backlash or, or mental or physical things. So, but I still do it sometimes because sometimes I want the drink more than I want the, more than I want the not having of an anxiety attack. But anyways, I really did make it a focus. Okay. Clear that up. I implemented an exercise plan because I saw that that was a positive thing. I really focused on my sleep and getting, you know, going to bed at the same time, waking up at the same time, getting the right amount of sleep having peaceful sleep, you know, all of that. So, so baseline stuff. Some other things I did started doing acupuncture, which has really helped me an enormous amount. I went to, I went to therapy, just like back into talk therapy for just a short amount of time to just like talk through some stuff. Then what happened is the I started the podcast and if you, if you've, if you're a true follower, then you know that like, I was getting really elevated levels of anxiety, um, because I was in over my head and I thought I knew what vulnerability was until I decided to have a weekly podcast where I am the pretty much the only guest. And I just talk about my feelings and I carry the weight of the world because I want it to be great. And I want the people I work with to be proud. And I want the listeners, 
um, to benefit and, and I just want to help as many people as possible. Well, turns out that causes me a lot of anxiety and being new at something and like, you know, putting myself out there professionally was very triggering and, and brought out this whole sort of like negative dialogue that went from like a murmur to just like a screaming fight battle all day long with me and my mind. And so, um, and then that kind of exacerbated these other anxieties that I have about being murdered. It was a whole thing. And so I, so then I started looking into that EMDR therapy, which I talk about in the therapy episode briefly, just so, cause I'm not going to go into it here, but the one thing that that therapy did for me was teach me, because they teach you mindfulness, um, like before they really get into the actual therapy, and being able to distance myself from my thoughts and from that voice and understand that that is the ego and that that's not me, and realizing that that voice is the voice that leads me into a lot of my anxiety was pivotal for me. So... We'll, I'll definitely dig in more to like the voice in your head in, in future episodes because I'm learning a lot about it and I'm just trying to figure out how to be super responsible with that topic. But if you look at, you know, Google the ego, Eckhart Tolle or Tolle, fuck, future Jen, I don't know. Does it matter? It doesn't matter. You, you don't need to help me, Jen. Uh, it's one of those. Michael Singer, I mean... Just go, go, go to Oprah. She'll tell you who to listen to. There's lots of people that kind of are, have for many years and continue to, to explain what that is. But that, just some distance between th- that voice and some perspective really helped me a lot with anxiety. The Reiki healing, which, which I've talked about a little bit, and, I, and I'll definitely, I mean, I'd like to dedicate 17 episodes to that because that should straight up change my life. But that's healing and they, and it's like with the, well, this is going to be horrible. I'm just about to start reading a book on Reiki healing just because I've been going to it for eight months. And I'm like, what is happening? I know it's my chakras and I know it's energy work. That's been really, really, really impactful for me. So to encapsulate all of that, it's like, how can others help me heal? You know, I, I asked that question, like, how can I aggressively go after help and commit to it and let go of some ideas of what I think help needs to look like? Because really prior to that, what help looked like for me was just take a half a Xanax when I felt an anxiety attack coming on. And like, that's not, that's not a long-term solution, even though it is. And hey, you know what? If that's all you can do and that helps you, that's okay too. I really wanted to get to the to the bottom of it. And and so being open to the healing, the alternative things that I'm t- talking about, to meditation. I mean, I'll put 17 rocks and crystals on me if I think it's going to help. And it does. I'll, I'll charge them in the moon. I'll do whatever. Breath work. Fucking hiking. Are you kidding me? I hike now? You know, all of that. I just, I committed to being open-minded about what the solutions could look like. And, and that changed a lot for me too. So I, w- I would definitely encourage that. 
I mean, even just like physically grounding yourself, that helped me a lot. Sunlight has helped me a lot. I I even got one of those uh, light things to help. That was more like with depression, but I feel like it was helping the anxiety too. I mean, I've been aggressive. I've been aggressive. And then, and then I think, oh, aromatherapy. Fuck, don't leave that out. Oh, boy. Put some little oils under your nose or on your wrist or just light a candle. All the, and then the myriad of self-care things, you know, just making time for myself. Great. We know about the social media part because we've listened to the last episode. And if we haven't, we promise to listen to it now because you know, starting to in, to face the part where I'm addicted to my phone and social media. And I was kind of spinning a story to myself that was like, this is your job. It is, and it is important, but it, it, it was, it was out of hand and I, and it's, and I'm not even like, I, I know I, I, I know people that are that are a lot more tethered to it, but like actually like facing that and coming to terms with like that's going to be a habit that I need to to not break but like modify has already made a huge difference. I mean, it's only been a few weeks, but that's definitely changed. And then I would say the last thing, and this may be this applies if you're in school or if you're in the workforce, but I think that there I don't think I know that there is this glamorization of working so hard until you cry blood and your brain is out your nose. And um, it's not sustainable and it's not healthy. And, and I'm telling you that from I'm a reformed workaholic, but just as, like I said, I've, I finally found a way 10 years in to take a vacation that does not involve work, which still, by the way, involved work, but, you know, not the way that, I, that I've done it. It just doesn't make any sense. So I think, like, really, as a society and as individuals, we have to redefine, like, what that looks like and to just know that, like, you can work hard and you can work in a meaningful way, and then you can take a break. And that this this idea that we should be working all the time because like we can access our work whenever we want because so much of our work is digital doesn't make sense. And like working so hard somehow is like overworking to the point where you're just depleted in such a major way and and you're tired and you're stressed and you're depressed and you're anxious and all of that, but you're doing it because you're going to succeed. Like, no, let's just not, you know, let's not champion that. So, because for me, when I was able to make that pivot and I had to hit rock bottom in order to do it, by the way. So it's not like I calmly came to these conclusions and I put some boundaries around myself and the way that I worked and the time that I spent working, the work didn't suffer. The only thing that changed with suffering is that I stopped suffering as much as I was suffering. So I think just like ask yourself, are you, are you working too hard? And, and you probably are, especially because I know so many people that listen are starting their own companies or trying to get something up off the ground. And I get it. 
But as someone who has done that and, and suffered the consequences and reaped the rewards, but still, um, I think that's important too. So anyways, that's that. You know I'm going to say it. I hope it helps. I'm going to say it here. I've already said it. And then I'll say it at the beginning of the show. And then I'll say it at the end of the show. And then I'll say it at, on my Instagram. Because, man, that is the that is the reason I'm doing this. Because i got to tell you, I was feeling kind of tired today. And I was like, man, I just don't know if I can get there. And then I thought, you need to do this because there, there are probably nuggets in here that someone could take. Even if you take three things I said that might point you in the right direction. And trust me, I know how many, I mean, I know the stats on, on anxiety, but also through, through Bandeau and, and the, the necklaces that we've been selling, the amount of anxiety necklaces that have sold is really overwhelming to, to see. So I know how much suffering there is around that and there's so much suffering in the world. Don't get me wrong. Like, but this is, this is a big one. And this is one that I think I can positively affect There's, there's lots of suffering that I don't know how I can solve this one. I feel like I can help with. And, um, I just feel a lot better. And, and again, that doesn't preclude me from having an anxiety attack in like 20 minutes. I don't know what's going to happen, but I know I've reduced the amount and, and I know I feel better and I want you to feel better too. Okay, that's that. I got to go. I got to get off this quote-unquote phone with you. I got to go do some other stuff now. Thanks for listening. I hope this helps. I really, really do. Also, bye. about the after show it's the jgok after show you don't know about the after show but it's the show that i talked to you about something that's been bothering me lately that isn't um really an emotional thing it's a physical thing first of all speaking of emotions i mean i never found that avocado if you don't know what i'm talking about then you did not listen to last week's after show but I lost an avocado, and it's gone. It wasn't in the bag. It wasn't in my car. It wasn't in my office. And, like, where is it? And now I'm carrying four overripe avocados to work today because I didn't follow the avocado schedule because I forgot another one at home. That's not even what I want to talk to you about. I bet you thought I was going to talk to you about um, the part where I still, every time I hear my voice recording a podcast, want to, hmm, I'm trying to think of a nice way to say this about myself, want to make myself stop talking and then have an anxiety attack about the fact that I was talking. But that's not what I'm here to talk to you about. The thing that's been on my mind the most the last couple of weeks is that my armpits are so itchy and I don't know what it is. No, I didn't change my deodorant. No, I didn't change my razor. No, no, no. I didn't do anything different when it comes to my armpits, and they just started sweating. Here's the, here's my hypotheses, uh, theory, 
but if you have any answers, you could email me at jgok at bando.com, but please don't tell me that it's my deodorant or my razor or my diet because none of that has changed. I think it's probably because it's hot out and I think there might be heat trapped inside my body and it's making my armpits itch. There's no rash. There's no visible rash. What do you think about that? Do you have that? I'm sorry if you do. Okay. Thanks for listening. Back next week with a story of armpits and avocados. Toodles.